Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, and we start with local news. Yesterday, the Duck River Scenic River Bill passed through the Tennessee House Agriculture Committee and will now be sent to the House floor for consideration. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy went to the Capitol yesterday to see how the committee vote progressed. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today, I've just witnessed a meeting of the State House Agriculture Committee regarding the Scenic River Bill, which will, if enacted, make the Duck River a Class II Scenic River from Columbia to the Hickman County line. It just passed the committee by a 10-7 to 7 vote. Our representatives, Hensley, Capley, and Sepecki, tell us that little or no opposition can be expected on the House floor, which is where it will go next. The Senate has already passed this bill, so the approval by the House Agriculture Committee is tantamount to passage of the bill. No further opposition of any significant amount is expected, and it's expected to pass the House. Having passed the Senate, it will be passed by the governor, and the Duck River will be a scenic river uh, in western Murray County. I'm speaking with Sam Kennedy, who is a spokesperson for the organization Property Owners of Murray County for a scenic Duck River. Sam, congratulations. This has been a hard-fought victory. Yes, it has. Uh, man, it, it was high drama in the, in the State House today. So um, we worked hard, and finally the, you know, the, the most important thing came through is that we need to protect our most important natural resources of the county, and that is the Duck River, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get this thing done through the House. So, What do you expect the long-term impact of this to be? Um, I mean, number one, it, it will prevent landfills within two miles of the river, which will you know, give us long-term security that we don't have to worry about this issue once again. But it, it also provides a framework for protecting our river long-term. You know, the river is scenic east of town, and we've seen the benefits there, and we're just hoping that we can get that on the west side of the county too. There we go. Folks, again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I've just witnessed the House Agriculture Committee passing the Scenic River Bill for the Duck River in Western Murray County. It's expected to pass the House, has passed the Senate, and so we expect that this will now turn into law. Murray County has really turned out. The room was packed. The halls were packed, all in favor of the Scenic River designation. The folks here keep telling us they've never seen a bigger crowd on any legislative issue before, and uh, the crowd had its effect, and there are a lot of happy people in this hall right now. Again, Sam, congratulations. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming up. The other bill pending before the Tennessee State Legislature that directly impacts Murray Countyans and some other high-growth Middle Tennessee counties was the Property Taxpayers Protection Bill that was debated in the House Property and Planning Subcommittee yesterday. Our own Del Kennedy also attended that meeting and met with Representative Scott Sapicki after the vote. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today I'm at the Property and Planning Subcommittee of the Tennessee State House. They have just voted down what's called the Property Taxpayers Protection Bill, a.k.a. Impact Fee Bill. I, I believe all the Murray County Commission and the county mayor were here in favor of it, and nevertheless it was voted down. Uh, I'm speaking with Scott Specky, our representative. Uh, Scott, where do we go from here? Does this mean it's over? 
Yeah, it's o- it's over right now. Uh, we're going to have to regroup over the summer and try to figure out a pathway forward. Um, you know, we lost five three uh, last time we were here. We lost eight zero. So we're making headway with some of the members. Um, I think you're just going to over. You're going to have to overcome the issue that the builders and the realtors are putting putting forward. But we have to come up with a solution to take some of this tax burden off of the people of Murray County. Um, we're all we're all okay with people moving to Murray County, but they have to help fund the growth as we move forward. And so, um, you know, hopefully we will work over the summer. We'll come up with another alternative plan, and we'll come up here again, and we'll 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 keep trying. Certainly, our American Commission was here in full support, and uh, I think this enjoys widespread support throughout the county. Absolutely, and I know we have we do have Rutherford County on board here. They spent a lot of money trying to trying to uh, push this bill through, contrary to what was said. Um, but uh, you, know, you know, we represent. I said this all the time. I represent the people of Murray County, the county commission, the city councils. This was something that everybody wanted, and I, we pushed as hard as we possibly could. We just came up a couple votes short, and we'll come back and keep keep pushing. All right, Scott, you got the W this morning in front of the House Agricultural <laughs> Committee uh, where the Scenic River designation for Duck River from Columbia down to the Hickman County line passed. Uh, it's my understanding that passing that committee, having already passed the Senate, that that means that, you know, we got about a 98% chance that it's going into law. Well, you know, first of all, I want to say thank you to all the committee members uh, for hanging with us there because as you were there, there were multiple votes and tries to kill this bill. And the members hung with us on it. Uh, they believe that the water rights of the people of Murray County, the environmental issues with the Duck River, making sure it's the most uh, maintain the most biodiverse river in the world, one of the most in the world, that stay intact. And the, and people will be able to use it for recreational purposes. Um, and Murray County will be able to continue to grow because Columbian Power Water will be able to provide clean water to those that are moving to Murray County. Uh, the next step is government operations. You can't take your pedal off, your foot off the gas. You got to keep pushing forward until the gavel falls on the House floor and and they and we have the the victory. So we will keep fighting that one forward, and uh, hopefully we will lead uh, lead to a victory on the House floor, and uh, we'll be able to protect the water source in Murray County. All right, congratulations again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio, at the House Property and Planning Subcommittee, where uh, although we got the win this morning on the Scenic River, we. We got a loss on the impact fee, a.k.a. the Property Owners Protection Act. But uh, as Representative Pecky says, we're just going to have to plan over the summer and see if we can do it again next year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. The city of Mount Pleasant has welcomed a new financial director, Shifra Cox, who previously worked as the Murray County Deputy Finance Director for six years, took on the role at the beginning of the month. Cox's primary role will involve managing accounts receivable, accounts payable, payroll, debt management, cash management, and grants. Cox left her previous position last September to spend more time with her family. She began working remotely for a small private company before the opportunity arose. I was looking for more of a work-life balance, Cox said. Then this opportunity opened up. Originally from Pakistan, Cox moved to Tennessee to attend college at Martin Methodist in Pulaski, where she majored in accounting. She then received her MBA from Western Governors University. Cox said the city has just started the process of conducting budget meetings with department heads, and she's still getting used to her new position. Though there are similarities between her prior work at the county level, Cox said there are several differences she will have to adjust to. The finance director job at the city includes managing functions at the city recorder and being a trustee for the funds, Cox said, adding that those are all separate offices at the county level. 
Mount Pleasant's former finance director, Loretta Garner, left the position in March. She now works as a municipal finance training specialist at the University of Tennessee's Municipal Technical Advisory Service. The Murray County Corral is prepping for its upcoming March 28th concert, which will take place at the Memorial Building in Columbia, located at 308 West 7th Street. And when there is a choral concert, it's it's usually accompanied by a piano, which the Memorial Building did not have at the time. This inspired director Susan Callahan to be proactive and track down a proper instrument, one that not only provides a good sound for the Murray County Corral, but one that can be used by the community for years to come. I thought there was a piano here, but it turns out there wasn't, and so we figured we would just go out and buy one, Callahan said. That way we can use it, but then donate it to the community, like the Rotary Club when they do their sing-alongs. We wanted something we could make last a long time and be the best we that we can possibly get for our concert as well. After sharing an open request on the Murray County Corral's Facebook page, Callahan said she was flooded with responses, whether it was someone selling a piano or wishing to make a donation. One of these responses came from none other than swanky South crooner himself, Mackie Kaler. And Kaler's response had a certain level of sentimentality attached to it for the White Oak Baldwin piano he was selling once belonged to his mother. This piano is very sentimental to me because it's the very first one I remember growing up with and writing songs on as a kid, Kaler said. I just want the community to have access to it and use it, and if it can be utilized that way, that's great. This is the perfect home for it, he said. After receiving a fresh tuning by local piano tuner Garrett Stowe, the Baldwin now sits atop the Memorial Building stage, ready to make its first concert debut. Accompanist Wanda Lentz said she is especially excited to perform with a new instrument, partly because she grew up playing a Baldwin piano. I'm really looking forward to it, knowing how good Baldwins are, and how much this one means to Mackie and his family, Lentz said. I'm excited for the opportunity to use it for our concert, and it's just like the one I have that's over 50 years old, so I know they are built to last, she said. The Murray County Corral's upcoming The Follies concert will be themed Broadway Through the Decades, with multiple songs from the history of the big stage, including solos and full chorus numbers. The free show is an annual Murray County Corral tradition, only this will be its first time at the Memorial Building. The show will be presented on March 28th, with showtime at 7 p.m. This is a win-win for everybody, because Mackie feels better knowing that, because it meant so much to his mom and was a big part of his life, that it's going somewhere for a good cause, Callahan said. Plus, it's a win for the community, because more people will probably come to this building knowing there's a piano for concerts and can rent out the building, which also gives back to the community. And this is such a wonderful building, and I can't wait to have our concerts here, she said. A new business, C&B Linen, held a grand opening yesterday at the Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy stopped by the ribbon cutting to learn more about what that business has to offer. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon I am at the Murray County Chamber of Commerce and Alliance where a grand opening and ribbon cutting is being held for C&B Linen Company. C&B Linen is a subsidiary of Wayne Halfway House Incorporated, which is out of Wayne County. C&B Linen, uh, well, I'm going to let Erica Harmon tell you about what C&B Linen is. She is the marketing manager for C&B Linen. Erica, what's going on? 
All right. Thank you. So CMB Linen is a commercial linen business based out of Wayne County, Tennessee. Um, we started in Waynesboro back in 2002, and we've kind of been expanding throughout the state. Um, so we're really excited to be getting more involved with Murray County, uh, North Alabama, and a little bit further west, too. Now, what does CMB Linen do? CMB Linen services um, all linen needs for hospitals, restaurants, um, anybody who may have tablecloths, bedding. So we wash, we clean and wash um, all of the linen, and then we deliver it. Wow, wow. Now, if, if you're interested in having somebody, you know, a, a company come in and provide linens, wash, uh, return them to you, uh, do that service, uh, where do people go to find out more about CMB Linen? Yes, please go to, um, you can find us on Facebook at CMB Linen. You can also find us on Instagram, but I would highly recommend going to cblinen.com. There we go. Again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio, talking with Erica Harmon, marketing manager for CMB Linen, and they're having their grand opening and ribbon cutting here in Murray County today. Congratulations. Thank you. The Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen voted this week to identify four sites within the city that are considered historically significant. Each of these sites were presented per the city's policy for identifying historical sites adopted last year, as found in the city's municipal code. The policy states the Board of Mayor and Aldermen can approve these sites based on recommendations from the Spring Hill Historical Commission, as well as the property owner. The policy does not state any plans to preserve or renovate the proposed sites, but merely designates them as historically significant as a means to provide a sense of commitment and continuity between the past and present through the encouragement of preservation and protection of historically significant sites and structures, and to foster civic pride and historic recognition through the preservation of the city's heritage. There was a lot of work put into this by the Historical Commission to reach out to these landowners and have them apply. Alderman William Pomeroy, who also serves on the Historical Commission, said. The four sites identified Monday include property at 407 Mecklemore, known as Old City Hall and Fire Station, property in which the city has current ownership. The second site is located at 5326 Main Street, known as the J.S. and Charlie Odell House, which is estimated to date back to about 1900. John S. Odell was also part owner of the very first grocery store in Spring Hill before dying in 1920. The third site, located at 5276 Main Street, is the Mount Hope Baptist Church, the deed of which dates back to 1831. The building was later used as a school primarily for young black children, where it remained active until the early 1900s. The fourth site was not a building, house, or former government office, but the old metal-arched Kedron Pike Bridge, located at McCutcheon Creek, dating back to the 1930s. If you want to see the bridge, you only have a few weeks before it gets all covered up in leaves, Pomeroy said. It's your only chance until next October or November to see it, he said. All of these sites were adopted unanimously by the Board of Mayor and Aldermen members. Following the military's recommendation to remove the names of installations inspired by the Confederacy, the U.S. Navy has rechristened the oceanographic survey ship USS Murray to USS Murray Thorpe. The USS Murray was named after Confederate Naval Officer Matthew Fontaine Murray, and the most recent ship, the sixth to bear his name, was launched in 2000. Previous ships to bear the name include two destroyers that served in World War I and World War II. 
Matthew Murray was the nephew of Abram Murray Sr., who Murray County was named in honor of following its formation in 1807. Matthew Murray was a naval officer for 36 years before joining the Confederacy during the Civil War and is credited with being the father of modern-day oceanography, which gave rise to his nickname, Pathfinder of the Seas. His 1847 publication, Wind and Current Chart of the North Atlantic, showed sailors how to use the ocean's currents and winds to their advantage and drastically reduced the length of voyages. He later published Sailing Directions and Physical Geography of the Seas and its Meteorology, and his uniform system of recording synoptic oceanographic data was adopted by navies and merchant marines around the world and was used to develop charts for all of the major trade routes. According to Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro, the U.S. Navy ship Murray was renamed after Marie Tharp, a geologist who produced the map of the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. The change was made official on March 13th. The Department of Defense began renaming military facilities last December following approval from Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. The installations and facilities that our department operates are more than vital national security assets, Austin said in a memo to senior Pentagon leadership. The names of these installations and facilities should inspire all those who call them home, fully reflect the history and the values of the United States, and commemorate the best of the republic that we are all sworn to protect, he said. Columbia State Community College will host former Congressman Bob Clement for a special presentation on March 30th at 4 p.m. Like his father, Governor Clement, Congressman Bob Clement has enjoyed a remarkable life and career in public service, said Dr. Barry Gidcom, Columbia State Professor of History. Because it was Governor Clement and his Commissioner of Education, J. Howard Wharf, who created the community college system in Tennessee, we thought it fitting to invite the congressman to speak at Tennessee's first community college and in Columbia State's building named after Governor Clement, he said. The presentation is an opportunity for the community to visit with and listen to the former congressman, who has a unique connection to Columbia State. We're looking forward to hearing what Congressman Clement has to say about his life and career and the legacy of his father, Gidcom said. The presentation is free and open to the public. It will take place on March 30th at 4 p.m. in the Ledbetter Auditorium located in the Clement Building on the Columbia campus. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 78 degrees. Winds will be out of the south-southwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies and a low of 63. Winds will continue to be out of the south-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. And why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important. But we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things. So the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours. And we invite you to experience the difference. 
Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you have given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. The Mules are back in town. Plan now to attend all four days, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. Arts, crafts, flea market, and live music every day starting at 10 a.m. All your favorite Mule Day events. The State Auctioneer Contest, Driving Mule Show, Gated Mule State Tennessee Championship, Skillington Draft Mule Show, the Old Fashioned Log Pulling Competition, Jackpot Mule Races, Liars Contest, the Murray Regional 5K Race, musical guest Tony Mulligan, Katie Stewart, and Logan Blade, Pickin' and Grinnin', Bluegrass Music, Line Dancing, and don't miss the world-famous Mule Day Parade on its original route down historic West 7th Street in downtown Columbia, Saturday at 11 a.m. It's Mule Day 2023, March 30th to April 2nd. Visit muleday.com for a complete schedule of events. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. 
And now news from around the state. A bill that would dismantle an independent commission that reports on children and youth in Tennessee will not go forward. State Senator Jack Johnson, a Republican from Franklin, backed off his bill to kill the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. He released a statement last week that said the bill helped start important discussions that highlight issues the legislature has long had with the commission, he said. The commission's 30 employees learned about the bill proposal just ahead of the bill going forward. In the past few days, numerous child advocacy groups have contacted lawmakers in an effort to save the commission. The Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth provides unbiased information to lawmakers and the public about issues facing children in the state. It reports on things like childhood poverty, education, and overall health. The attempt to kill the commission came after its recent State of the Child report criticized the state's foster care system. The report stated, Tennessee struggles with foster care instability at a level not seen in the rest of the country. Critics claim the bill was payback because the commission criticized the Department of Children's Services. A Leaper's Fork home was announced as Dot Dash Meredith Southern Living announced 2023 Idea House. The home will be open for public tours from August to December and will feature be featured on southernliving.com and in the September 2023 issue available on August 18th. The contemporary Idea House is a 5,600-square-foot home blending warmth and character of a classic Tennessee farmhouse. Meant to inspire ideas for homeowners, the Leapers Fork Home joins 2022's winner, a coastal North Carolina home. The home was built and designed with an eye toward a sustainable future with energy-efficient windows and appliances, antique local furnishings, and biodegradable materials. Fitting for Middle Tennessee, the house features a music room with a grand piano, a party barn for entertaining, and decor inspired by local artists. We're calling this our country house as a nod to Music City and to the fact that it was designed to embrace its beautiful rural setting, said Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living. This home is all about a connection to the land, and that comes through in design choices that prioritize sustainability, endless porches for entertaining, and living outside, and plants everywhere. The house is made possible by a team featuring Patrick and Mary Hatcliffe of Hatcliffe Construction, Lake and Lane Studio, Laura Hodges Studio, and Southern Creations Landscaping. Now in its 35th year, Southern Living's Idea House program continues celebrating the Southern lifestyle. Tickets for in-person tours of the house go on sale in July. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. In August of 2021, Forbes magazine estimated after a seven-decade-long career that Dolly Parton's net worth was $350 million. Parton's ability to build a lucrative brand on many notions, including what a press release describes as a lifelong passion for fashion and endearing, convention-defining, distinctly Dolly style, is the focus of Behind the Seams, My Life in Rhinestones, Parton's latest book out from 10 Speed Press on October 17th. The 336-page book is the second in a planned trilogy that began with her 2020 bestseller, Songteller, My Life in Lyrics. The book, co-written with Holly George Warren, is currently available for pre-order. It costs a lot of money to look this cheap, Parton has famously stated. Comparatively, behind the seams, My Life in Rhinestones has a retail price of 50 bucks. The book will also be available as an audiobook from Penguin Random House Audio, read by Parton herself, and including archival audio and music. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.